Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Well, peace be unto you all. I thank God for blessing us to see another day. It brings joy to my heart to see children doing stuff for God, singing for God, praising God, being happy in the Lord. It's a joy to my heart. And if it's this much joy to us, how do you think God feels to watch such young children? Even when Jesus said, suffer little children to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And we need to. He even told us, if you don't humble down like a child, you're not going to make it in. He loves his children, and we all need to be a sunbeam for him. Let him use us. He said, let your light so shine that everyone will see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It just brings joy to my heart to see that, to hear children. Today we're going to be talking about being responsible. God has given each and every one of us a, a something to do as a purpose in life nobody is here without a purpose nobody was created for no reason we all have a purpose in this world and we need to be responsible for what god has with what god has given us we'll be covering matthew 25 i'll be reading matthew 25 14 we got today is our shut-in so i decided that this one i was going to go ahead and milk the scripture so it's it's going to be a good one it's going to be milk. Uh, we got John, John 14, 1 through 3, James 1, 17, 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Ecclesiastes 12, 14, 1 Timothy 1, 13 through 14, John 4, 38, Hebrews 11. Now, Hebrews 11 is going to be a long one, so I'm, I'll, I'll probably read that one to break it up. Ecclesiastes 2, 6, 2, 26. Proverbs 24, 12, and I think that's the, yeah, that's the last one. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for gathering us together one more time. Thank you, my Father, for this opportunity. Lord God, bless us to read these words. Bless us to hear what you are saying. Bless us to be a doer of the word and not hearers only. Let this seed be planted upon good ground, my God, and let us bring forth a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So being responsible, in the book of Matthew, the 27th chapter, or the 25th chapter, it talks about the talents that were given to people that did not you one of them did not use it correctly at all we're going to matthew chapter 25 5 starting at the 14th verse and it says for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods 
And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Now we're going to read John 14, 1 through 3. You are hardly troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Amen. So he, he gives these talents to his, his uh, servants, and then he goes into this far country. And Jesus, he breathed on his disciples, and he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And he said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Jesus gives all, each and every one of us talents. He gives us gifts. He gives us his own goods that he has. He has delivered them unto us. And sometimes we feel that he's not there. Sometimes when we pray, we feel like God's not answering. Sometimes we feel like we're all alone, like he has went into a far country. But we need to understand that everything that God does is for a reason. Those days that you're feeling so lonely, it's for a reason. Those days that you feel like you're fighting by yourself is for a reason. It is to strengthen you. God said in another scripture, he turned his way, his face away from the king to see what was in the king's heart. Are you serving me only because I promised you eternal life? Are you serving me only because I'm giving you everything you asked for? Or are you going to serve me whether you have it or not? Are you going to serve me and believe me even if you don't feel my presence? Are you going to trust me even if you don't think I'm there? Or are you only going to trust me if I'm handing you everything? So sometimes God will withdraw himself from us to see how much we really trust him no matter what. He took everything while let the devil take everything from Job. Everything. And Job still didn't lose his integrity. He still trusted God and his own wife said why don't you curse God and die and he said you talk like a foolish woman if we receive good shall we not receive evil because he didn't trust God only because of the things he possessed he trusted God for who God was not for what he had the Bible says that his friends talked so bad about him. If you read what his friends said, they said that he was a sinner, that he just didn't want to confess. They, they really put him down. And yet, he still didn't. And the Bible says he sought for God on this side and on that side, and he couldn't find God. God wasn't answering. God was kind of like letting him do whatever he did by himself to see how much Job really trusted him. It was a deal that him and the devil had. And he said, have you considered my servant Job? It was a deal that him and the devil had, and God knew that he would win. He needs to do that with us. He needs to be able to say, I could give them whatever I want and take whatever I want, and they will not lose their integrity. They are responsible for the salvation that I have given them. They are responsible for loving me. They are responsible to believe me, to trust me. They will not lose faith just because I took something from them. 
they are very responsible. The Bible goes on to say in, on verse 16, Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two talents, he also gained other two. Now a talent is something that is given. It's an ability given by God. A special natural ability given by God, such as singing, praying, greeting people, visiting the home, the sick, cooking, taking care of the elderly, praying, playing music. These are all different kind of talents that God has given all of us. We all can visit the sick. We all can do all of these things. These are talents that we all can do. And when we use them, we bless people. I remember when uh, dad used to be in church and people would go to church just to hear him ask questions. He was using the talent that God gave him. Just because your talent may not seem like it's a huge talent, if you can only play one or two chords on the guitar, go ahead and play them. Because when you use what God gave you, he will give you more. That's how you put it to the exchangers is when you use what God gave you. So if you only know how to play a couple of chords and you play with all of your heart and people come in and they get blessed because of what you played and they only come to church to hear you play, eventually the word of God will begin to sink in and you will have gained that talent also. And when God sees you use what he gave you, he will increase it. He said to the one that has more will be given. But to the one that don't have it will be taken even what he thought he had. So when, you, when, when we have talents, and I, I want to really point this out. When we have these talents, these gifts, use them to the fullest. Don't think it's a small gift or it doesn't matter. Use it with everything that you have for the glory and the honor of God. And he will increase what you have. Otherwise, we're going to end up like this guy in verse 18. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Our heart is the land where God plants his seed, his, his life, his his word, his joy, his peace, the Holy Ghost is in our hearts. And when you get a talent and you got a calling from God and, and you have something that God wants you to do when you think this is too small or I don't feel like it, it's useful and you bury it in your heart and you don't let nobody else see it and you don't use it, that's not good for you. When we bury it in our hearts, when we don't use what God gave us, it ends up to hearing this. Verse 19, and after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliveredest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. We're going to go to James 1.17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. When God gives you something, he doesn't make a mistake. Variableness means to change, and shadow of turning means to change his mind. You not, when he gives you a gift and a talent, we were just talking earlier about Samson, he gave Samson a gift. 
and it was great strength. Samson did more with his strength than things that were impossible. He did because of the spirit of the Lord with the power that God gave him physically. But when he cut his hair, he lost it all. But the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't change his mind after he has given you something unless you bury it and don't use it. When Samson's hair began to grow again, he could still use what God gave him. And he said, let me die with the Philistines. Strengthen me this one more time. And God did. God doesn't repent when he gives you a gift. The only time he takes it is if you bury it and you won't use it. Then he will take it. But until that day, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. He don't make a mistake. He didn't give us something that he shouldn't have gave us. The gifts that we have, the talents that we have, we need to pray that God will teach us how to use them more or show us what he has given us so we can use it. So we understand what talents we got, what gifts we got, what callings that we have. If we begin to pray, Lord, show me what I'm supposed to do, he will show you. And then when he shows you, when you begin to do it, he will increase it as you continue to use it. Don't bury it. And if you know you have a calling, don't bury it. Don't put it away. We're going to 1 Corinthians 12, 27 through 31. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, adversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. See, there's a lot of gifts and, and, and callings in the church that God has distributed to everybody, but not all of us have the same thing. Not everybody is going to be an apostle. Not everybody is going to be a prophet. Not everybody is going to be uh, an interpretation of tongues. Not everybody is going to speak in tongues. But all of us have our own gift, what God knows we can use. So when we have these gifts and we begin to exercise them, then God can add to the church. See, when we, when we have a gift and we use it, somebody comes in here and we are using the gifts that God gives us, they can be edified. Anybody can be edified. Prophecy, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, the gift of healing, the gift of preaching and teaching. All of these can be used in the church. And when people walk in and they see us using the gifts and the callings that God gave us, they are edified. They are fed. They are taken care of. They are spiritually uplifted. But when we say my calling is not good, I want to be the one playing the drums, not that person so I can play the guitar. I'm not going to do it because I want to play the drums. That's a bad attitude. There's people that have been to church and say, well, if I can't get up there and preach, then I don't want to go to church because they can't preach. There's people that I've heard with my own mouth say, if I don't even get paid enough, I'm not going to the church. Those are talents that they have that they're bearing because they're covering up in their hearts and not letting anybody else use them. We can't have that kind of attitude that my talent's not that good or I got the wrong one or I should be doing something different or my calling is wrong. It's not. David said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. If my job is only to open the door and to greet people, let me do it with everything that I got. 
So if he says, Alan, greet people, and I go to him and I say, God, I don't know how to greet people with a smile on my face. I look very, very angry. Then he says, okay, well, let me give you a smile. You want to use what I gave you? I'm going to help you use it. Because I think I would make a pretty bad greeter. But I don't know. <laughs> but if, if you are, then you need to go to God and he'll help you use it. But if you just have it and you say, well, I can't because nobody likes my face. They think I'm angry, so I'm just not going to do it. That's not where it's at. You're not exchanging it. You're not getting others. You're not using what God gave you. He didn't give it to you for a, on a mistake. So if he told me, Alan, greet people, he didn't make a mistake. He knew if you ask, I'll give you a smile. If you ask, I'll teach you how to use what I gave you. See, I, when, I, when I bought that saw, I didn't know how to use it. But I learned how to use it. I bought it for a reason. It has a purpose that made the job a lot easier. When God gives you something, he gives it to you for a reason. There's a purpose behind why he gave you what he gave you. So if you don't know how to use it, ask him. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, teach me how to use what you gave me so that I can use it. I won't bury it. I won't hide it. I won't put it away, wrap it in a napkin and get rid of it. I will use it to the fullest. We're going to verse 18. But he that received the one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. We're going to Ecclesiastes 12, 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. You can't hide from God. Nobody can. He knows your thoughts. He knows every word you say. He knows why you say what you said. He knows what caused you to think that in the first place. He writes down everything that we do. And at the end, when he comes to reckon with us, what did you do with what I gave you? We don't want to say what this guy said that we're going to read. We want to be able to say, Lord, you gave me one talent in here. I brought you two. You gave me five and I got you ten. I doubled whatever you gave me because I used it. We don't want to say what this guy says in verse 20. So he that received the five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that received the two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Verse 24, then he that had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not straw. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that in thine. You know, when I read this, it struck a whole new different outlook on this verse and i've read it a lot of times but we are doing the same thing today that this guy just did 
He said, I know that you reap where you have not strawed. Strawed means to divide, to pass out, to scatter abroad, to, um, to distribute. So what this guy is saying, Lord, you are reaping everybody's benefits. Everybody's working for you and you're reaping and you're not even blessing nobody. You're not giving anybody anything. What did the children of Israel say? You brought us out of the land of Egypt and you haven't given us vineyards and, and, and lands and, and wine and meat and you haven't given us none of that. You brought us out here to kill us. So this man is telling him, you have not even done, you're reaping all of this, everybody's working for you, you're gathering and gathering and gathering and you have not done anything yet. How many times do people go to church and they go to church one day and because they didn't get some really big blessing, they don't go back because God didn't give them a really big blessing. They walk into the church and they feel the presence of God and they say, oh yeah, we know God is in that place. But because God didn't speedily start distributing blessings and then pouring out his spirit, we're not going to go back because God's taking too long. So this man says, I know that you reap where you have not strawed. Now strawed also means to, um, to put together. So like, for instance, they go to these hay fields and the machine, it's all machines these days. They gather all of this hay and then they make a bundle. And when they make a bundle, then they set that bundle aside for different people. I mean, this company gets these many and that company gets that many. He said, you haven't even done that. You've got all of this gathering. You have not even made one bundle. You haven't distributed to anybody. It's like we're working for free. I'm not going to go and work for you and you haven't even paid the ones that been working for you. That's what this guy was saying. That's what we do in the church and the Lord opened my eyes. That's what happens in the church. People go and they go to church and they pray and they sing and they preach or they teach or whatever they do in the house of God. And because they don't see a really big increase, they give up. And Jesus is saying, just go. You will reap in due time if you faint not just because it doesn't look like the gifts and callings that god gave you are doing anything don't stop using them it might take a while some trees take years before you even see them start growing but then you can't stop them once they grow some fruit takes a long time to be uh, get to an edible state but then year after year, you can count on that same tree to bring forth fruit every single year. But it takes a while. I think they said a cherry tree takes eight or 10 years before you can eat the cherries. You plant a cherry tree and wait eight years before you could start eating the cherries. That's a very long time. But when it grows every single year and they're hard to kill, you could eat cherries every year and they don't die that easy. So when we go to church and God has called us and you know that God has placed something on your heart to do and you begin to do it and it doesn't bring you an increase in two days, don't give up. Don't stop. Keep on going because he said he went to a law in a far country and at a long time later he came back. He didn't come back right away and start giving to people. It was a long time later when he came back. But when he got back, those that did not stop using their talents and did not give up, he said, enter into the joy of the Lord. But when you give up, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, 
For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We don't work in vain. We don't work for nothing. We are getting paid if we hold on. When we hold on, no matter what happens, we will hear at the end of the day, well done, my good and faithful servant. But if you give up, you're not going to hear that. The next thing you're going to notice is that God has taken the talents and gifts that he has given you and given to someone that will use them because you're not using them. And God does not like that. We're going to continue to read or 1 Timothy 1.13. Who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. See, Paul persecuted the churches, but he didn't do it because he hated Christians just because he hated Christians. He did it because he thought they were going the wrong way and that he believed that the law was where it was at. So then he persecuted the churches. He was so zealous for the law. But when God changed that, he said, by the grace of God, now I know who Jesus is. Now I can preach this way. So when you have a gift and a talent or a calling from God and you don't use it because you don't know you have it, God doesn't frown on that that bad. He will eventually show you what you're supposed to do. But when you know what you're supposed to do and you decide not to do it, that's when he frowns on it. That's when he says, take it from him and give it to somebody else. See, Paul had a really great talent of preaching. He was bold. He didn't stop. Both sides, even when he was on the law side, he persecuted the churches. He was there when Stephen got stoned. He, he was on his way to haul them to prison because he was that zealous. He was that steadfast. But when Jesus changed his course, then he was that steadfast to go the right way. And he couldn't be changed. He said, don't be changed. Don't move. Don't give up. When God sees that you don't know, he will bring you to, your, to the light and let you know. But once he lets you know, don't stop. Don't give up. Keep on going. We're going to John 4.38. I sent you to reap that whereupon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. See, they labored way before we got here. The law and the prophets, they labored. They were sawn asunder. They were beaten. They were tortured. They brought in faith, and the Holy Ghost hadn't even come yet. They brought in faith, lived in faith, and they planted all of these seeds, all of this faith and prosperity and holding on and trust and belief. They planted all of that. They labored. Now we are here reaping where they labored, telling people, oh, yeah, God is good. God is, he, this is faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, something that they already planted. We're just reaping now where they planted. And he told him, you're reaping where you strode not. Don't let that be in your heart. Don't feel like, Lord, I'm working and working and working and you're not doing anything. Sometimes we fast and we pray and we go to church and we sing and we dance and we do all everything that we can. And it looks like God is just not moving. There's no healing in the church, not big ones that we could see. There's kind of like no prophecies. There's no speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues, I should say. There is speaking in tongues, but no interpretation of tongues. There's not big miracles happening. There's not people coming in bound and leaving free. There's, we don't see this. We can't give up and get discouraged because in due time, if we faint not, 
we will start seeing what God has to do. But he's getting ready. You have to work first. You have anything, everything in the Bible from the beginning to the end, you have to work first. He says if you don't work, you don't eat. By the own sweat of your brows, you will eat bread. He says if you don't suffer, you can't reign. If I don't chasten you, that means I don't love you. So you, you have to go through something. You have to put in the work in order for you to get the increase. And if you don't plant a garden or plant seeds or something, you can't eat the fruit. It's just you got to work first. So when you're in the middle of working, don't give up. Don't feel discouraged. Don't feel like it's a waste of time. And I've been doing this and God's not answering. Keep the faith. Keep holding on. Continue to go. We're going to Hebrews 11. This is what the law and the prophets, they laid down for us and where we're reaping. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. Now sometimes God is going to tell you to go and to do something, but he's not going to give you the full detail. Because what is faith if we know everything? We don't have to have faith. If God says, get up in the morning, at 5 o'clock do this, 6 o'clock do that, then go to the store, then after that do this, then go preach, then here pray, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and you don't need to believe in anything. You just obey. But if he says, get up in the morning and pray, and then you pray, and nothing happens, and you say, well, I'm going to pray and, until prayer changes things. Then later on, he'll say, okay, now go over here. And you go. You believe and you trust. God sent me here. It's for a reason. Though there's chaos, though there's obstacles, though there's blocks, you don't let nothing stop you from getting to that point that God told you to go to. If he tells you to fast, I don't care how hungry and thirsty you seem to be, you don't stop fasting. That is called faith. You know God said, do it, I'm going to do it, and I don't know why, and I don't see the increase, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's called faith. He's not going to give you all the details because then we wouldn't need faith. He's just going to tell us in part and watch us 
to see if we do it. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even one and him as good as dead so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. God made them promises, you're going to inherit this land, you're going to get this land, and they never got that land. Did God break a promise? Because he promised them the land, and they never got it? No, he didn't break a promise. See, he promised the land of Canaan, but they were looking for an eternal land. They didn't want this land down here. God still gave it to the children of Israel, but everything written in the Bible has a spiritual meaning. So when God said, I'm going to give you the land, they were looking for the new Jerusalem. When he said, I'm going to make your seed like the stars of heaven, they were looking for people that believed and had faith and Abraham would be their father. They were looking everything so spiritual. So when God tells you to go and to do something, to preach the word, to baptize people, to teach people, to give to the poor, no matter what God tells you to do, if he tells you to do it, just do it. If you don't see somebody change, don't give up. There was people that prophesied in the Bible and died before they ever saw the prophecy come true. But it came true. It happened. They didn't see it, but they prophesied in faith. So when God tells you to move, just move. You might not see something. Don't let that discourage you. Keep the faith. Be obedient. Those talents, those gifts, those callings that God has called us with, don't let us bury them. Let us use them. Whether we see something big or not, let us not give up. 14. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now these desire a better country, that is, an heavenly Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said that in Isaac thy seed shall be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both his sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the parting of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. See Joseph. 
did all of that miracles. God saved uh, Jacob and the rest of his brethren through Joseph. And yet Joseph still didn't receive the land of Canaan. But he believed so much until he said, he didn't say if God delivers or takes you out of here. He says when God takes you out of here, take my bones too. He knew and believed and was persuaded that God would keep his promise. We have to have that same mentality and know that God will never break a promise. If he promises, he's going to keep it. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy pleasure, the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as, dry, as by dry land, which the Egyptians swaying to do were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after that they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell about of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Japheth, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed violent in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. You know, they had a chance to be delivered. When they were getting tortured, they had a chance to be delivered. But you know, Jesus also had a chance to be delivered. And he said, don't you know that I can call for over 12 legions of angels? The disciples, these apostles, they, the law and the prophets, all of them, they had a chance to be delivered, but they refused it. They didn't want to be delivered in this world. They wanted a better resurrection. They wanted to die for the Lord Jesus and to be raised in power. Sometimes we go through something and we want it to stop. We would really like it to stop. And it's just to make us stronger. I'm like, no, this is too much. Let it just stop. Whatever makes it stop. People won't go to church sometimes because they go to church and the devil does something and they quit. You know, I went to church and something bad happened, I'm done. And they quit. But they didn't. They were getting sawn asunder and did not want deliverance. When we go through something, that's why I started praying for all of us. Lord, don't take the fight away from us. Let us win. Give us the endurance to go to the end. Don't take it away from us. Let us win because we're looking for a better resurrection.
We're looking for that new Jerusalem. We're waiting to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. 36, and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword, were wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in dens and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report, through faith received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. They went through all of that and still didn't get the promise. Not on the earth. And so the, Jesus says don't strive for the things that are on the earth. Don't look for the riches that are down here. Look for the riches that are in heaven. Do what you gotta do. Use the gifts and talents that God has given you. We're going to Ecclesiastes 2.26. For God give it to a man that is good in his sight, wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he give it travail to gather and to heap up, that he may give to him that is good before God. This also is vanity and a vexation of spirit. This world heaping up treasures and money and everything, all they're doing is getting it ready to give it to one of God's people. That's all they're gathering it for. And then when you need some, God just says, hey, go and give it to him. And, the, and I've heard, I, I wasn't, I don't remember as far as being there, but I heard testimonies of them people saying, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm doing it. I don't know why I'm giving you this, but I'm just giving it to you. Well, you, I know why. Because you done heaped up for me. <laughs> you, you went and gathered and then Jesus said, go give it to Alan. And I'm tickled to receive it. Thank you. And then we don't have to go in the world and do that. We just serve the Lord and you'll reap in due time if you faint not. I remember when I first got out of jail, I, I, I needed a ride. I got out of jail, missed the bus. And I was so scared because I knew if I don't report to my parole officer, that next morning, you go right back to jail. So I was like, ah, oh, I already missed the bus. And this guy comes and says, um, you have to have a ticket. So by the time I got the ticket and went back, the bus was gone. But the Lord let the other bus driver be missing a couple of people, and he got me on the bus. So I went, and they dropped me off in Medford instead of Climate Falls. But when I got dropped off in Medford, this guy, as soon as the bus stopped, the bus pulled off and this guy drove up in a red car and said, hey, would you like to buy a car? And I said, no, I just got out of jail. I don't have the money. And he says, okay, well, I got to go. Here's the title. Gave him the title and bounced. Now, if I would have caught the bus that I was supposed to, they would have took me to Climate Falls and I went to got the car. But because I went to Medford, I got a nice car for free and he left and I had the title and I got scared. I was like, no, this is a scam. So then I called Pops and I said, hey, you know, this guy just gave me a car. So they still went to pick me up, but when they, when Pops looked at it, he said, no, this is a, a real title. This car is yours. So I got license plates and went on about my business. God will supply your every need if you trust in him and just let him do what he does. He keeps the world heaps up. So when you see somebody prosperous, don't get jealous. 
that the world looks like they have everything they want. Sometimes I go to work and they got boats and RVs and trucks they're not even using. And, and I'm like, really? I mean, they got beautiful homes. Taking off their shoes. Well, I don't even take my shoes off. I'm just going to walk on this car because you guys can shampoo. But they look so rich. And then for what? All of a sudden, it's gone. Because you can't take none of that with you. So if you don't have Jesus, all of your riches don't do you no good. Strive for the riches of Jesus, not for these things on this earth. Use your talents. Don't bury them. Be responsible with what God has given you. Proverbs 24, 12. If thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not. Doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? You're going to receive wages for everything that you do. Either life eternal or forever damnation, but you're going to get paid. That song that they used to sing, Payday's Coming After a While. And it is. So either you enjoy your life right now and do the best you can, and then forever damnation, or you can suffer with Christ today. Suffer, go through it, preach the word, live a holy life, let the devil fight you, be victorious, and then have everlasting life. Those are your options that you can choose. But everybody's going to get paid. Verse 26 in Matthew 25. This is what's going to happen if we bury what God has given us. If we give up and don't use it. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money into the exchangers, and that at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take, therefore, the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have an abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's not what we want to hear. Just because we buried what God gave us. Because we gave up right before payday. Sometimes it feels like it's not working. But don't give up. Because even if you don't see nothing till the day you die. When God calls you home and you didn't see anything on this earth. You suffered the whole entire time. It'll be well worth it when you hear those words. Well done my good and faithful servant. The Bible says it's so nice up there till you won't even remember one of these days. Or you can give up and hear, depart from me, you wicked and slothful servant, because you were lazy and didn't want to put in the work. Scared that you were going to work for free. Said, I don't want to go work for free. You're not even paying everybody else. So then I'm not going to do that free labor. It's never free. Never free. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We're going to open the altar if anybody wants prayer. Just come up. And we're definitely going to pray for Omar and Uriah and Laura. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day.
Thank you, my God, for everything that you have blessed us with. Thank you, my Father, for being so gracious unto us, my God. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you have blessed us with. Thank you for every gift, every talent, every calling, my God, that you have given us. My Father, bless us to know what it is that you want us to do, my God. Bless us to say yes to your will. Bless us to say yes to your way, my God. Not our way, but thy way, O oh Lord God. Not our will, but thy will be done, my God. Lord, whatever gift, whatever calling, whatever talent that you have given each and every one of us, show us what it is, my God, in the name of Jesus, that we will begin to use it, that we will use it and we won't stop. We will use it to the fullest, my God. My God, that you will be able to come back and get yours with double, my God, of what you gave us. Bless us to bring you back a hundredfold in the mighty name of Jesus. If one of our callings is to play music, teach us how to play skillfully in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless us not to give up. If our calling is to preach, bless us to preach with boldness, with love and compassion. If our job, my God, is to open the door, bless us to greet your people uh, yes. my father in the name yes. of Jesus uh, if it is to speak in tongues uh, give us and bless us my God and teach us oh Lord God my father if it is the interpretation of tongues my father bless us and Lord to use it for your honor for your glory if it is the gift of healing if it is the gift of prophesying if it is the discernment of spirits my father whatever it is oh Lord God teach us what we are supposed to do teach us how to walk upright before you. Show us what our talents are, my God. Show us what the gifts are, oh Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And bless us to use them for your honor, for your glory. Lord, we refuse to wrap it up in a napkin. We refuse to bury it in our hearts, God. But we want us to use it like you want us to use it, my God. My Father, bless us to use it in the name of Jesus, that you will be edified, that at your return, we will hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Lord, bless us to be faithful. Bless us to be responsible for everything that you have done in Jesus' wonderful name. My Father, as this church, oh Lord God, bless us to be responsible in the house of God. Bless us to know how to behave in the house of God. Bless us to know how to listen. Bless us to know how to follow you. Bless us to know how to hear your voice. My God, open up our spiritual ears that we may hear. And don't let it be that we are a hearer only. But bless us to be a doer in the wonderful mighty name of Jesus. My Father, open up our spiritual eyes, O oh Lord God, 
helps us to see let your path be set straight before us and let us walk upright before you bless us to see my God that we will not stumble if we walk in the light we will not stumble in the name of Jesus my father make us worthy to use the talents that you've given us don't let it be that you take from us and give it to someone more worthy than us but let us be worthy to answer your call my God let us be worthy to walk upright before you let us be worthy to be pleasing and acceptable in your sight oh Lord God my father bless each and every one of us oh Lord God and my father remember Omar oh Lord God my father you said when you were hungry uh, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness uh, for they shall be filled my father fill him in the mighty name of Jesus Uh, Lord begin to pull him closer to you Uh, you made a promise Uh, you said draw nigh unto me uh, and I will draw nigh unto you Uh, and my God as he's trying to draw nigh unto you. Meet him in the mighty name of Jesus. Draw nigh unto him, O Lord God, and embrace him and lift him up and show him what he must do in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, prosper him in Jesus' name. Lord God, I lift him up before you, God. Have your way in his life. Feed him until he's satisfied. Give him that living water and let it flow out of his belly. Rivers of living water in the name of Jesus. My Father, remember Uriah, oh Lord God. My God, you know just what he needs. You know what he's going through. You know his heart's desire. You know, my God, his struggles. But Lord, you are a God that knows how we feel. We do not have a high priest that cannot be touched with our infirmities. My Father, whatever it is, listen to him. Strengthen him. Show him what to do. Lead him and guide him. Open his eyes and he may see and open his understanding my God that he may understand which direction you want him to go in the wonderful mighty name of Jesus you are a God that does not quit you don't turn your back on us you said I will never leave you nor forsake you my father you can talk to him oh Lord God you know how to save your people you know when the enemy comes in like a flood you promised to lift up a standard for us my God fight for him send your angels my father and strengthen him out of Zion let not this trouble seem little in thy sight but strengthen him out of Zion oh Lord God in Jesus wonderful name my father remember Laura oh Lord God my father you are a God that heals with your stripes we are healed my father bless her and take care of her you know what the fever is when Peter's mother lay sick of a fever you touched her hand and the fever left my father send your angels and touch her hand 
that the fever may leave in the name of Jesus and raise her up again, oh Lord God, in Jesus' wonderful mighty name. Lord, you said that with your stripes we are healed and I believe. Lord, help thou our unbelief in Jesus' wonderful name. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. And I glorify your wonderful name, Lord. Lord, say in the word, and all of your children will be healed. Say in the word, and we will all be able to see. Speak in the word, and we will all be able to hear. In the name of Jesus, we believe. Help thou our unbelief in Jesus' wonderful name. Lord, I thank you for these precious moments. I thank you for gathering us together one more time. I thank you, my Father, for this message that you have given us uh, to encourage us not to let go, uh, to encourage us to run on, uh, to encourage us, my God, uh, because you said, let not that wait on you be ashamed. Lord, we will wait on you. We will wait for you, my God, in Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. Don't let us give up in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for all that you have done for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Amen. received with an open heart. To live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he shine his face always upon you. And may he forever keep you.